0: What's up, guys? It's your man, Mr. Zero Lift, here with a pre-episode message. So, we look to close out 2022 and go wide open throttle into 2023, we wanted to extend a happy holidays and a happy new year to all of our supporters and listeners. We enjoy bringing you the best curated motorsport content in the internet. We look to do more so in the future with some awesome guests that we have lined up and some great tech episodes that John's cooking up there in the desert for 23. Don't forget, guys. Keep it pinned. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Zero Lift. I'm your host, as always, Mr. Zero Lift. We're really stretching the time zone today, folks. We got myself on the West Coast of the United States, our special guest, Josh, reporting with us from Australia, and, of course, John is in Saudi Arabia. The thing that drives us all in common today is that we're all wet, because it's raining in all three locations. Go <laughs> figure uh hello john and welcome to the show josh how you doing man
1: good good thank you thank you for the invite how are you guys thank
0: you for joining us we're doing just splendid thank you for joining us and uh being on our show here i know it's sort of late for you it's early for me and kind of in the middle of the evening for john so i we appreciate
2: it
1: yeah no worries Yeah, my I pleasure
2: i don't think we could have picked a more spread out you know, different times of day if we tried.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Josh is a very special guest to us. Uh, he has some personal connections and it's kind of, kind of uh, coincidental how we found, found each other. I was searching through Instagram the other week, like just scrolling through reels. Then all of a sudden I see a video and it's a video of, Tokyo at night on the highway, and there's a Bayside Blue R32 GTR being followed by uh, I think either a Miata or an RX-7. Maybe you could correct me on that uh, in a second. And I'm like, wait a second, that that 32 GTR looks kind of familiar. It kind of looks like my car back when it was Bayside Blue, and like I must have watched this video. 50 times before I'm like, nope, that's definitely my car. It's, it's even got the, you know, the temporary license plate that it had that I was running back in 2014 because I was broke as shit and the car was not passing shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and so after much deliberation, I decided to message the account uh, that posted it. And lo and behold, it's it's Josh's account um, of some footage back when he was also at Hatsumi, and so I thought it would be a great to stroll or drive spiritedly down memory lane with the three of us and talk about some Japan things.
1: Yeah, sounds good. So that was that was a Miata. That uh, was my friend's uh, yes. RSI Zawa uh, register. Pretty cool.
0: Oh. oh, nice. That That tuning shop is also uh known to us a friend of ours Brad had his motor built by them it was a turbo it was turbo meada when it ran out of their shop.
1: Oh yeah that's cool. Yeah um you guys oh, probably well. know you probably know the guy um he's the guy who built the four rotor Yuki Kamakura. Yep. The white yes. one the white yep. one oh we know him we yeah know. yeah so I, I was I was riding with him following you guys. <laughs>
2: That was a that was a scoot oh,
1: wow. car, I... right? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: It oh, still man. is a scoot scoot car. It's doing yeah, crazy it's... lap times in, in scuba right
2: now.
1: Yeah, full time time attack car now.
2: And ladies, yeah. and, ladies and gentlemen listening, if uh, you have a problem with us name dropping Japanese tuner shops, you should probably just just go find something else to listen to right now. Uh, <laughs> we we might have to change the GTR yeah we might have to change the GTR drinking game to
0: Japanese Twitter shop name shops today. <laughs> Dude, I I didn't know I didn't know Yuki had an RS um Miata before the, the FD. That's interesting,
1: huh? Yeah, so here's a big Mazda guy. Um, that was his daily really? uh, while he was building the four rotor, and it oh. was an X um. Like show car like exhibition car from the shop that car (laughs) has actually got shipped over to Italy I believe it's in a museum now (laughs) no
2: way that's crazy I have have a question what do I have to do to get in so good with a shop that they let me drive an exhibition car that will eventually end up in a museum for my daily (laughs) drive while I wait for my custom build to get done
1: yeah
2: (laughs) interesting so josh
0: um before we get too far into dropping any more tuning shop names uh
1: yeah
0: why don't you give us a little introduction of yourself tell us what you do what you like to do um and then we'll go from there
1: okay um so i mean i guess like pretty much i assume all of our listeners um grew up as a car nerd specifically jdm car nerd um i remember the first time i saw a, a super and a gtr uh that kind of converted me so um grew up you know watching pirated uh, hot version videos and stuff like that uh very in, very <laughs> online, interested in the scene wire, no doubt. oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> uh eventually went to japan saw it for myself and decided i wanted to move there um, so I did a couple of years later, uh, got involved with a media company called Tune back in the day. And I saw a lot of the scene and, and stuff, uh, in that, that kind of got my start in marketing, uh, digital marketing it was majority. It was a, a Facebook page plus blog then. Uh, so went to school for marketing after that. Uh, I've been working in motorsport at a racetrack, uh, doing, you know, sanctioned events and and races and whatnot, marketing for that type of stuff. And I've recently resigned that to start a content channel starting on TikTok, uh, called Natsu Story. Um, and the, the ultimate goal is to go back to Japan and make content about, I mean, the scene that, you know, we all share, love. So yeah, that's, that's the story thus far.
2: What, um, what track were you working for?
1: Ah, uh, the Bend Motorsport Park in South Australia. Uh, it's a fairly new track, but it's um it's a big project. The, yes. the owners have spent how much? You 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 might have seen it. Oh, like uh... a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, let's say, uh, am I allowed to? No, this All is right. public. Uh, it's around 160 million Australian they've spent on the build so far. Oof.
0: okay. It is a big project that yeah so i've heard a
1: european style circuit oh um so it's quite different it's supposed to be like a
0: gt circuit or is like a grand prix circuit they're looking to move the f1 track over there can you say that sorry
1: yeah yeah no it's um it is so the circuit is primarily a gt circuit but um it's been designed in a way that it can be converted to fia you know grade one or class one are uh, fairly easily like that was built into the plans um nice. mark Weber, mark Weber and mick doing actually assisted in the design of the circuit so they have thought ahead big um, but yeah they have like a 40 year horizon on this project so they're not in a rush but you know it, it's there if um if those you know the cards go that way
2: nice
1: nice but yeah, it's a it's a big circuit. Uh, if you're ever in South Australia, I definitely recommend going there. It's um second largest permanent circuit in the world. Well, it was. I think there's another one going up in South America or something. But yeah, uh, at the at the moment, so it's the second largest.
2: Wow, how how far and, away and is so... oh sorry, but how far away is Bend from mm. Melbourne?
1: Uh. Hmm.
2: I'm gonna bring that up because, like,
1: that's eight, where the eight, F1... eight hours. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Adelaide used to host the F1 before Melbourne. Oh, it's Adelaide. Uh, the okay. street so circuit. Could... Yeah, so it's got a bit of uh, racing heritage the okay. city. So yeah, I guess that that definitely influenced um, what I do, I guess, because you know I came back from Japan and jumped pretty much straight into motorsport, so that was good.
0: For sure. Now you're trying to get back to Japan, just like the
1: rest of us. <laughs> just like the rest of us. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I I ended up hosting a a JDM event. It was like um, like we had track track day a track day going on, and then we had a drift circuit with a, a drift day going on, and then we had like a show and shine and everything. And after that day, I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> like clearly, <laughs> clearly, this is what I what I want to do. So. Um, yeah, I started making plans to go back.
0: Nice.
2: You have a timeline well, picked out? you caught my attention.
1: Uh, at the moment, it's looking like July.
2: Oh, okay. So this isn't a pipe dream. This is happening.
1: No, no, no. I'm beyond that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it has to happen. Hell yeah.
0: It's gonna happen. Make it happen. I love it. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to... Turn back the hands of time a little bit before you start on this next Japan chapter of your life and Mm. Tell us how you got to Japan the first time and how you got to making content and 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 all that what you loved about it
1: Well the very first time it was a boys drinking trip after high school after graduation Um, so my best friend's brother uh, happened to do media car media in japan um adam from Seven uh so the first time we went there we ended up going to a couple drift days um i went to a k truck drift day which was really fucking cool Wow! <laughs> i didn't
0: wow. know that ha- yeah. i didn't know that existed
1: yeah yeah I'm mad at myself. um wow. where was that it was it was a quite a small circuit but yeah i saw some really compelling stuff on this is a short trip so um Yeah, I ended up going on a working holiday, going back to Japan, uh, and stayed for three years, and it was, yeah, so it was a great time. You, Uh,
2: You Aussie folk are very good at that, much better than Americans. Every time, everywhere I go in the world, I meet a group of Australians, and they're like, yeah, I'm on a... Holiday, like either before or after college. Yeah, yeah, and they've been there for like two, three years. Like, yeah, I'll go back and start a family or something someday. But like, we, we, we don't, us Yanks don't do that. And I have always kind of envied you guys because like culturally, you guys go fuck off in a country for like three to five years before you kind of start settling down with your real career and real life. Um, kudos.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, I guess a lot of people do it, right?
2: Did you ever go to, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, do you ever go to like Cortina or like Hakuba in Nagano, like the, the ski area? No,
1: So um, that's one of my big regrets, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. So when, I, so when I was in Japan, um, I lived in central Tokyo, and I was either, uh, at the time I was teaching English, I had two English teaching jobs, and I worked at a bar, a sake bar, Um, so it was those, I was either doing that or out with Adam at Tatsumi or something. So that was my time. Like I was either going, doing car stuff or working. So I never actually got to go skiing.
2: (laughs) So so I I bring that up because in Cortina, there is literally a village of about college age Aussie expats. And they just, oh
1: yes, I have heard of this. Yeah.
2: And like, you know, they they come and they're there for like a couple years and they rotate out and somebody replaces them. And it's just this constant rotation of young Australians that work as like ski instructors. And it it blew my mind because I've never seen a commune of Americans doing that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I yeah, think you'll never Nis- see that either. Niseko has something some something similar to that because I had one of my students actually used to go skiing there specifically to go practice English. That's pretty fun.
2: That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> that is that is hilarious. It's really amazing how far the Japanese will go to to like learn something or or to put themselves face first into any sort of subject matter.
1: Oh yeah, it's very it's very admirable. It's like an yeah. all in move always.
2: It really is. Yeah, I, I had a buddy because I got really into kart racing when I lived in Japan, and I had a, a Japanese guy, and he was like a yeah, he was like a working age dude. He's probably in his late thirties, early forties, and he cart raced with me every weekend. And then he pulls up one day in a sweet old Jaguar XJR that had like the ones that had like the Ford V8 with a supercharger on him. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and oh, I always, man. I always came in my GTR, and I was like, dude, you never told me you were a car guy too, man. Let's go, you know, let's go uh, do some stuff. And he was like, "Oh no 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 no, uh, you can't you can't tell people that I come to the cart track." And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "Because well, I'm Japanese. You're only allowed to have one hobby. Otherwise, uh, it'll it'll look bad." And I was like, <laughs> "They're they're supposed to just funnel all of their effort and energy and personality into one hobby. And if they do more than one, it's like, ah, easy, buddy." He frowned upon. He, he, was well, he was serious as a heart oh, attack. He was serious as a heart attack.
1: You're saying that and yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about.
2: He was like actually concerned to hang out with me in real life because he knew me from the cart track and he was afraid that it would get out that we met at the cart track. And like that was his secret. Right. It was a secret weekend hobby that nobody knew about. Everybody knew him as the guy with the oh. Jaguar. <laughs>
1: That's like the concept of uh well, I forgot the term for it. But, you know, you have drinking buddies, specific drinking buddies that you only go, only go <laughs> drinking with, and you don't, you only, you don't know anything else about them except you know, what they drink.
0: Drinking buddy, <laughs> what they drink.
1: <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I've made a couple of those over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're a GDM nerd you're in Japan, you're working for this media company, Seventune. We We happen to know, John and I happen to know um, Adam as well. We had interactions with him throughout the years uh, within the Tokyo and Jap- Japan car scene over there, at Daikoku and Tatsumi. Uh, if I remember correctly, he went on and on about this bumblebee yellow Toyota Altezza that had the beams motor in it.
1: Right, right, right. Did
0: he also talked to her ear about oh, Wait, oh, that, that? Was
2: just, his? I thought his Altezza was white.
1: His was, was white. Um, Falcor was his. Actually, bumble well, bumblebee started as his, but then it became mine. Oh, so I had, had that little, I had that little Altezza, uh for most of the time I was there. Um, yeah, he got the white one soon after the yellow one.
0: Uh, oh, but the yes, white one yes, the beam engine.
1: Uh, they both—they were both um, uh, RS 200s. So they both had beams, uh-huh. but the yellow one was fairly stock. I just had coils and stuff.
0: I just—how did you like driving that car?
1: Um, it's a good car, but um, unfortunately, like, it's a good—it's a good chassis and it's a good motor. Uh, they just don't work together. That car was mm. um ruined by marketing, unfortunately. Like, it just it's too too fat, too loaded um it would have been much better if it was a two door lightweight kind of car okay but, yeah.
0: interesting it's like a baby
1: chaser without the torque so it's not it's not the best oh uh,
0: yeah That's not very good i see <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound fun at all yeah it well, it's
1: it's good downhill
2: <laughs> it always cracked me up it always cracked me up because uh adam was in the brief amount of time I knew him, like, so hot about this car that it was, like... The way he would talk about it, it was almost... Almost a smidge cringy because he would always... He would always reference... He would never just, like, say, like, oh, yeah, the engine in this car is really nice. He'd always say, uh, the Beams engine in the Altezza. The Beams this, the Beams that. I was like, what is this, like, an initial D episode, dude? Like, you don't have to say the whole name of the engine every time you, every time you reference <laughs> it. Like... Uh, but he was super hype about the beams.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he loved it. We we ended up, um, the white one ended up being a pretty nice car. Um, Smokey actually tuned it. He put uh, So we bought, we got ITBs fitted and Smokey tuned it. Um oh, wow. Nice. It was very, it was a, the white one was quite good because it had like um, big brakes on it and everything. But at the end of the day, it was still an Altezza. Right. It wasn't that special, but it was good for what it was. It was fun.
2: So what you're Thanks. saying is like, very good. like that engine in an old eight six would be amazing. That's what it's that's oh, what it's. I mean,
1: that's that's what everyone does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexi's, um, you know, the Noriaro rusted ship box he just got. That's got a beam swap in it. Oh, really? That 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 thing looks so fun. It's like the perfect match. Yeah,
0: that sounds fun. Yeah, dude, I is it in the. Group? It's not a it's not the hatchback that he has it's the 11 coupe right
1: It's the one Is oh, he got a It's the white one with rust everywhere he got it real cheap
0: Ah uh, yeah man yeah, I can't recently. remember what it I can't remember if it's the if it's the 11 or the anyway Yeah That's something You know I not that I think about it that that beams engine in older chassis might be the best swap ever for like old Toyotas, like think a nineteen seventy two Celica GT, liftback.
1: Oh yeah, that'd, probably that'd be awesome.
0: Be hella sweet and uh, with the beams engine in it. You know that might, might be something I might have to do. It <laughs> I just thought be... about some, new car. It, Leonard's buying new car. It wouldn't be very
2: expensive,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, it could it could be a rusted out seventy two Celica GT. I don't I don't really care. I'm not really the type of guy. Um to To build show show cars instead of, you know, driven cars, as as what we're talking about,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. And, Do you guys yeah. like Toyotas?
0: Mm, or you're I'm mainly sure Nissan? Nissan guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm. I I like everything. I just have a propensity to buy Nissans.
2: So I'm actually, if I was gonna call myself, I'm a pretty international car guy. I have. Yeah. I have vehicles currently from like every major auto making continent. Um, but uh, if I was going to call myself a Japanese car guy, I would actually say I'm a Mazda guy. Really? Yeah. Uh, I love rotaries. I, I like the company. I like their philosophy. I, I just kind of like how Mazda does stuff. Uh, in college, I had a SA-22C with a turbo 13B swapped in it. And that was nice. probably the most terrifying and entertaining car I've ever driven. Um, <laughs> so I would say I'm a Mazda guy. I actually got into the GTR because when I moved to Japan, it was like the one Japanese car I'd never worked on or been around. Like I, I'd, I'd played at 300Zs and... and you know old Dotsons and I'd had Mazdas and, and I'd been around supras and stuff and, and uh, I worked I worked on a couple friends old like Mark 3 Supras and so I kind of knew all these other cars and I had no, I had no idea what the deal with the skyline was and so I was like no, I'm just gonna get that one because I it's cool it's you know it's a legend and nobody know and I never touched one. And then I got mine and I started driving it and I was like, this is um nice like mm. like a, a GTR that hasn't been, you know, just race slutted out uh is actually kind of comfortable and it like it road trips well and it's kind of quiet and it's like it's a nice place to be and I was like this is not a uh, this is not a, a janky boy racer car. I kind of I kind of dig this car. I think I'm going to hold on to it. So that's kind of how I became a GTR guy.
1: No, that's fair enough. I did have the privilege to drive a stock 32 once. Um we picked it up from auction and I, d- I drove it home and it's like this thing's fucking sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it just makes all the right noises like it was dead stock so it was just yeah. you know it was a great experience i completely and you know understand. that
0: that's i'm really glad to hear that you say that because most people or i would say most car enthusiasts who get into a stock gtr whether it be a 32 33 gt or a 34 most of them say like you know it's it's really, uh, I would say not a letdown but disappointed because they think it's going to be this the fastest thing in the world out of the out of the factory, but you know it has 280 horsepower. It's not going to be the fastest thing, but it's a very enjoyable driving experience. You know, in completely stock OEM trim, I would def- absolutely agree.
1: Right, right. I'm glad yeah. to hear
0: somebody else say that.
1: Well. I don't know. I've, I've never really had anything you know, super high horsepower, um, but I've, I've ridden and stuff. Um, but, I mean, it, it, that stuff's definitely good, especially if you if you go to the track and or, you know, you drag race or whatever. But if you're just driving around on the weekend, you know, uh, you want it to be... you want it to work. Yes. <laughs> and not, or not, not be broken all the time. Um, and, you know, there's only... There's only so, so far you can push it before you're in jail territory all the time, you know? Well, so
2: yeah. And especially enjoy stock. Well, especially in Japan, like there's some really good driving roads. Uh, I would say more better and easier to find than most places. Um, I never once was running like the C one loop or one of the toges and thought to myself, God, I wish this car had more horsepower. Uh, I thought it on the highway, but never actually running a real road.
1: Right. Yeah. I guess that's a lot of the, a lot of people that haven't been, you know, to these cars, native environment, let's call it, um, you know, being from Australia, uh, everything has fucking heaps of horsepower here because we've all got straight roads and, and whatnot. Uh, we have a, from what I can tell, Australia has a pretty similar culture, car culture to the U S um give or take of you know some things but um Mm -hmm. well i mean yeah but when you drive in japan like the 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 highways are so freaking narrow it's only two lanes uh, and it's twisty so you know well you're you're only in third fourth second (laughs) you're not you're not running at top speed unless you're going to yokohama
2: well to the To the Australians' credit, you guys, uh, once the muscle car movement died in the United States, you guys just picked that mantle up, and I would argue did it better for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of classic, um, you know, Chevy, uh, Ford, like American classics. There's a big community for it here. Well, yeah, there's a Huge.
2: lot. Of, there's a lot of uh, like in the mid '70s when you guys started getting serious about V8s. Like, there's a lot of Australian market only cars that are super rad that most Western car enthusiasts have never even heard of.
1: Oh yeah, like the Holden's and stuff. Yeah. that's actually the Hol- Holden was um, built in Adelaide.
2: So yeah, it. but they're yeah, all so. they're all Chevy and Ford V8s, or some of them have that like goofy barra straight six turbo or whatever but like they are no bullshit muscle cars on a level that would rival anything that america ever put out and yeah i, well, I mean the
1: holdens they all had ls ls motors and stuff so <laughs> no, you, you see them everywhere
0: yeah so i want to get back on the topic of tatsumi and
1: yes you
0: you said the these JDM cars natural environment, and I think that's the perfect description uh for the the C one loop, Tatsumi and, and all of that environment. And you said that you had driven or not driven in, but ridden in some high horsepower cars. So I wanna ask you, did you ever drive any of the or not drive, sorry, I keep saying that. Have you did you did you ever ride in any of the Tatsumi cars that were running around uh over there any of the high horsepower ones
1: yeah a couple um uh, do you remember a guy called Korske? he had a top secret 35 um the it was a white one he used to run with a blue bayside blue one
0: i remember the blue one yeah Uh, they'll both
1: they'll both full tune you know the smoky special eight eight hundred odd reliable horsepower
0: I'm very like... very aware of them. I had a a few encounters with them on the uh, Aqualine tunnel one oh yeah, more more infamous more infamous than the others
1: <laughs> right. they,
0: whenever the last time I saw them, I think it was at like uh auto salon they they're like, oh my gosh, you're still alive, you crazy white boy like and they said <laughs> in Japanese like you're still running the oh, like, we we were chatting because I had blown up my engine that night, but that's a really a different, wow. a different time.
1: <laughs> yeah, as you do. Uh,
0: yeah, as as you must when you're chasing down a pair of full tune top secret 35s.
1: Mm. So I got to ride in that car a couple of times. Um, that was definitely, definitely the the fastest thing I've ridden on. Uh, ridden in, especially on the street. Fucking hell, that thing was scary. Um, yeah, that
0: thing took off like a SpaceX jet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um what else was there? I mean I my my good friend uh, got to ride in his four rotor while he had on slash plates around around Tokyo oh, a bit. You, that was good fun. You
0: you rode around in Yuki's uh
1: Yeah, AA? so uh, Yuki actually we worked like he was a employee of Seven Tune as well at the time. Um so I got to see a lot of that car, helped him out a little bit with um you know, cleaning it up, prepping it for the cage and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I got to spend a bit of time around that car. When I do go back to wow. Japan, actually, I'll be working with the Yuki a bit. So that'll be fun.
0: Nice. Oh. I can't I can't wait to see that. I'm really interested in how far that car has developed from the last time i seen it as a street car, more, more or less.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. No, it's, um, he's aiming for his ultimate goal is 53s around scuba. Uh, He's at 56, high 56s at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's getting oh, there.
0: He's already stupid fast
1: oh yeah i mean back in the day a minute was a godlike time (laughs) and now you got freaking that uh who these i forgot who's evo i forgot the shop but he's running like a 52 it's just nuts
0: man yeah i remember when i when i was tracking at scuba the few times i did uh in my years in japan my goal was always a minute and I never mm. got quite there on uh street tires but I got I got pretty close I think it was 109 107 oh, yeah which I'll, I'll say is respectable
1: yeah for, yeah uh, it is good time
0: but now yeah Man. now dudes and like under Suzuki who, who has really grown from like a privateer dude and I think now he has his own shop full shop and he's probably in the 50 50 pushing 51 seconds around scuba Apparently, yeah,
1: something like in that range. His, I'm pretty sure he's still a record holder for street tires. So, um,
2: yeah. I remember when Johnny, in his 35, he ran like a minute flat, and we all lost our mind. Um, and Josh... Johnny, yeah, 35. Yeah. That is
1: that is impressive.
2: Yeah, and Josh, you'll... Uh, you might. I don't think... You probably don't know Johnny himself, but you probably know about him, because he was in pretty tight cahoots with Top Secret and Smokey. He was like... Had dinner with Smokey all the time, but do you remember around the time that Top Secret built the 32 with a 35 engine in it?
1: Oh yeah, they yeah.
2: also built a white 32 that still had an RB26, but it was like you know sequential transmission. It was it was all the things, right? <clears throat> um, right, and it was a white 32 that had like black accents, like a black checkerboard down the side, and it was it was at tokyo auto salon it was at SEMA. it was on uh, but that was johnny's car that he had them build for him
1: oh really yeah wow.
2: yeah i don't know where johnny gets all his money but like <laughs> he, he uh <laughs> i think he paid for Smokey's grandchildren to go to college
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay yeah uh, that's 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 kind of like that's what the he's driving me back he's the, that's what's driving me back to go to Japan. Like you gotta, someone's gotta document this shit, you know. Like, ah, uh, there's just so much cool stuff going on still. You know, it's died off a little bit, but it's still, it's still better than most places in terms of culture. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So I think I'm the last person in, in our friend group, Josh, to to leave Japan, uh, except for Bob, but he's living there, but he doesn't go to Tatsunami. Mean, uh out of our our friends who frequented tatsumi uh in i want to say 2017 2018 they put up and i say they the tokyo government put up this like sound wall along the uh highway edge of tatsumi and it really ruined the whole photogenicness of of that parking area Um, yeah uh, then they also I mean to close it down on on certain days, so like it wouldn't be open on Friday and Saturday nights at all. Oh my like god! Like after the sun went down, and so like they really put a clamp down on everybody hanging out over there and doing what they did at the airport.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have I have uh, kept up with a bit of it. Um, unfortunately, I guess the the glory days are behind. Maybe maybe it'll pick up again. Maybe. Yeah. But...
0: Who knows it might yeah, be in like a, a cycle well yeah because back then sorry to cut you off but oh, like good. back then there was such a huge variety of cars right
1: oh it was fantastic uh,
0: yeah it was just so diverse and i I've never, I've, i had never i hadn't seen something before that and i haven't seen something since but like we're talking porsches next to lamborghinis Next to a Honda Euro R, you know, next to a Top Secret 32, next to a drift missile, next to a <laughs> Subaru. Like, it was just a mash, like just a melting pot of just different cars all trying to go fast. And I,
1: yeah. It was the best thing on the fucking planet. <laughs> okay,
2: so It really was. Since we're waxing poetic about the good old days at Tatsumi, uh, Josh, do you have any, like, favorite stories or, like, you know, favorite happenings or anything you ever experienced running around there?
1: Um, I don't know. Like, uh, the three years that I was there, um, let's say... For two of them, I tried to go to Tatsumi every Friday and Saturday. Like we went a lot, um, so it is all a bit of a a blur. But I do <laughs> remember, um, you know, uh, Kimura-san <laughs> with his toys, always smashing yeah. it out. Of, like you know, the, what is it? the F forty this week? The F fifty next week? And he got the P one, and it's just oh, that nuts. was the
2: guy. That was the guy with the P one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kimura, car, car guy, car guy is
2: car guy. Yeah, car guy. He's car guy. Okay, I knew car guy. I didn't He's know the guy. name yeah. behind the you know the media account or the club.
0: This is kind of old news, but do you guys remember what he did to that F forty? Like he took it camping. He boiled. Yeah. He grilled some eggs on on the back exhaust cover. He took it up to the the mountains of Hokado. He did a thing with red bull like in the in those years like he was doing some wild crazy things with that ferrari f40 yeah
1: um i guess it was to launch his brand because his he he does run i think what is it it's it's over three racing teams right now because he he races in gt um pretty much full time now
2: oh wow like the holy shit i didn't know that like the Japanese yeah, yeah. Super GT.
1: Uh yeah, he does Europe and Japan. He travels quite a bit, from what I understand. But yeah, that wow. was to like uh, all those stunts back in the day. I I guess were to launch that that kind of platform he had or he has. That's
0: but It's smart. He did it very. That was, good it's job. crazy.
1: Like Tatsumi was just a melting pot of characters. Like you know, you know, like motohoshi son and his Lambo. Yeah. Uh, You'd occasionally see um Anija-san, you know, in the and, and one of the Yeah. yeah. It's just like that's where um all the big channels and stuff recorded those viral videos back in the day, like the Pagani rally rally and stuff. It's just yeah. It was it was the best spot in Tokyo.
0: For sure. If you if you if you were into cars and you were into like just gearhead stuff and cars being driven tatsumi was the place to be from like i think 2013 to 2016 just for those those three years were just yeah grade a top
1: yeah i guess i was lucky then because that's that's when i was there that's
2: exactly when i was we were there
1: all lucky. <laughs> wow we
0: we're all lucky to be there be
2: a part of that
1: oh yeah it was definitely something special it was like straight out of an anime
2: it really yeah. was because like so many people were so weird and, and like had just oddball personalities, and then they all had like a car that was very specific to them. Uh Yeah, yeah. And like then
0: we all drinking coffee in the cold <laughs> Tokyo night. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, take me back.
0: Little coffee machines that sing to you. Like, oh. <laughs> or or the corn the corn soup out of the vending machine <laughs> coffee is really good at Tatsumi as well
1: know the exact machine you're talking about that the coffee like had the yeah. live stream <laughs> oh
0: yeah the ones at daikoku had the live stream yeah I'm yeah yeah it. yeah, we, you know, yeah oh, well that's man. like
1: you touched on something before like tatsumi was where people went to drive
0: yeah um yeah
1: not that i don't love daikoku but that was kind of like the meat spot you know show off your car that type of vibe like cars and coffee but um, right. Tatsumi was like, yeah, that was people. People were either uh, enthusiasts of, you know, people going hard, or they were the people going hard kind of deal, you know.
2: Exactly. Well, and
1: like uh, uh, yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen the a set of to mod, the Stocker revival project.
2: Oh, I drive it yep. in virtual reality all the time.
1: Oh, how nostalgic is that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if you got if you're looking at the video feeds that me and Lenny have on, but that's my that's my rig right there. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. uh, That's the thing. Like, um, I feel like a whole generation of youngins, um, indirectly being introduced to like the Tatsumi culture without knowing it, and then like. On my videos on like the channel I, I have on TikTok, a lot of people were surprised to see that was it was real like it is real um yeah
0: really people thought it was just like a people t- t- just made up highway system
1: well they uh from what i've from what i've seen in comments and stuff people didn't know the map was based on a real location are you serious um Whoa yeah yeah okay so because it's just a mod to a lot of kids you know
2: okay so for the for the listeners hey for the listeners real quick so Shotoko revival is a modification for a pc driving simulator called Assetto Corso which is considered maybe the de facto driving sim in terms of like laser scanned tracks and like real physics and stuff um Shitoko is uh you download it, it's a it's a map, and it basically you can load the map up, and instead of driving a set of corsa around a racetrack, you can drive the Wangan and the C1 loop, and you can go to Daikoku and Tatsumi, and you can go all throughout basically the greater Tokyo Yokohama metropolitan area and do all this city driving that we're talking about. There's also other mods that do Toge routes, which are pretty good. I've got a couple of those too, but uh yeah, if you want to get nostalgic about all this stuff we're talking about, and I think, I think Tatsumi is a—it's a spawn point on Shitoko. Like when you launch it, you yeah. pick where you start, and Tatsumi is one of the, one of the spawn points.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, everyone goes the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, your, I get it because you jump straight onto
1: part. the one gun, but yeah. Oh well. Oh, does it? I, does I it still it enjoy driving.
0: Does it put you out onto Tatsumi number one parking area that takes you uh, down into Yokohama? Yes. No,
1: so you know where the the wall is, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tatsumi car park where you you go right and then you go onto the launch pad. Um, Mm -hmm. There, you know, there's like a gate that's never been, like it was never open, where people kind of, when the car park fills up, they they cram into that little like service road type of area. Right, Um, right. In the game, that gate is unlocked and you can jump straight onto the Wangan. So that's oh. what most people do.
0: People, if you're listening and you have that mod on Onsetto Corsa, you do not go onto the Wangan. You have to make a right onto the C1 loop, <laughs> and you make that loop, and then you go
2: onto the Wangan, people. Do it right. Well, <laughs> the nice thing about the mod though is the street signs are all like legit and you can follow the signs to follow the C1 loop like if you don't know it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know all that. Yeah.
1: It's so cool, wow. man.
2: Man, that's another reason for me to get a
0: a gaming PC and download Assetto Corsa. Dang it. I'm telling you, dude.
2: I'm telling you, Assetto Corsa itself, I mean, you should talk about a Revival Projects free uh But a set of course itself is on sale for on Steam for like five dollars now because it's old.
1: Well, it's it's
0: interesting that that we're talking how legendary it is. I'm glad it gets immortalized in a game. Uh, I I I think back in my time at Tatsumi, and like there's just so many legendary cars. I, I what I would think is legendary cars mostly because I've seen them running. I've seen what they've, what they've, it's been done to them and they're just crazy drivers behind the wheel of them. Um, I think back to Tatsumi and it's like the R9 guys that we mentioned earlier, the Martini Porsche, uh, and the the Honda Eero R with the spoon motor in it, it wicked, wicked cars, crazy drivers that have. Professional backgrounds,
1: right? That's the thing, right? Uh, I found yeah. that about um, the Japanese car scene; um, it's quite different to most other places that I can I can kind of think of. That a lot of the drivers are very fast and very experienced, as opposed yeah. to you know, like uh, at least in Australia, if you're if you're into motorsport, you don't really do that anywhere other
2: than the track yeah yeah
1: yeah is just completely different
2: no you're right like in in my in my experience in the states because i've always considered myself a little bit of a day walker because like i do track events and so i know some of these guys that are into the track but i still try to go to weekend meets and stuff and you're right like there's all the wizards And the amazing drivers and the amazing mechanics and stuff are like mostly into the circuit. And most of the guys that are doing the Friday, Saturday night stuff are young and relatively inexperienced. And you don't have that. You just don't. You don't see that 40, 50 year old street legend guy out at the weekend meet in the States or in a lot of other places. But in. Japan, there's like a whole lineage of these dudes, and they and they'll go to the track on the weekends too.
1: It... Oh yeah. They're just getting extra state time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and speaking of one of those old dude old dudes and a true legend of Tatsumi, uh some somebody that we were talking about earlier before we hit record, the pastel blue R thirty three that used right. to frequent uh Tatsumi with the peppered up rock chipped front bumper that looked like it never got painted in
2: two decades.
1: Yeah. Do you yeah, remember, I remember that car?
2: I don't know the guy, but I 100% know the car. Cause I think I saw it at least half the time I went to Tatsumi. It was there. And I just remember thinking like, like the front bumper, it, it looks like he purposefully, like you know what I mean? Like he just like took rocks and just like raked it across his front bumper because it was just pitted and chipped all to hell. The car is in very nice condition, but the front bumper is like a disaster. I mean, it's in it's in good shape, but the paint is just it looks like it just went through a sandblaster, basically. Um, yeah, basically. And I just thought that was the most OG badass thing I'd ever seen in my entire life because he purposefully let you know. Road shit just chip away at the front of his car. He washed and waxed and maintained his car meticulously, but he purposefully let that little bit of patina on the car to be like, "Yeah, I drive this."
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like a badge honor, you know. Exactly. Absolutely.
2: Exactly. Absolutely.
1: Speaking think, of um, yeah. crazy old OGs, do you guys remember? Um... Yamaguchi's. The, it was another pastel blue car, the the Porsche 993 Turbo. Do you remember that car? He had, he wore slicks uh, on the street. Yes,
2: yes. Yeah, I don't think I. Saw. From
1: from from my recollection, he held the fastest time from tarts to to Tatsumi, and it was like a really? six minute six minute Ooh. forty something. It was quite quick
2: wasn't wasn't anything under nine considered like okay you made it
1: yeah 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 <laughs> like he was on that, full race clicks on the street every yeah, weekend
0: that is that is nuts i didn't i never you know that's something i never asked any of those r9 guys or any of those runners like what their time around the loop was because i didn't want to know <laughs> i was always too scared i, I always followed them around the loop to just try to match their time and i wasn't able to do it um on on any of the r9 guys for certain those dudes were just on a different level but to run sub
2: seven minutes around the c1 is dude you're moving
1: i yeah crazy
2: i was never really serious into setting a c1 time because i just i don't know i felt like "Eh, that's 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 getting a little, little wonky for me, but uh um I think you know one of the first times I did it and actually tried to time myself, I got like a sub eleven, and I was pretty stoked. <laughs> this, that's, it's
0: quite a, I think it's like thirty seven miles of, of road or something. It's, it's
2: quite a or long stretch kilos of or highway. That, yeah.
0: Kilos, yeah. Sorry, oh, but yeah. you're you're weaving miles. in
2: and out of semi trucks.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah. You're doing you- it. At a at a more non traffic time,
2: even at twelve at night, it, you still had a lot of trucks and like general traffic on the road. Like it's 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 street racing. Like there's there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Like absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
1: <Do> you remember <laughs> those guys that used to used to rock up to Tatsumi in race suits every every so often? I, I didn't I did, didn't really meet them, but I used to see them occasionally.
0: i never saw that they just no it was
1: a bunch of a couple of old dudes like yeah yeah i think they were like you know mid-50s something like that rock up to tarts on a friday night in your race suit why not
2: i that's funny lenny who was that one night we were there and there was a pretty famous rx7 that got totaled do you remember that oh no was I don't. It a, or was it a Supra? Uh
0: I, It was on the,
2: like a, on the back of a flatbed already. Uh, I don't know if it was on the flatbed already, but like we passed the wreckage with the trucks by it on our way home that night, going down the the um, the Bay Shore. I might have not been with you. I don't. I don't quite remember that one. I think we were all together, but it, we were doing C one loops, and he went out and did a C one loop, and he'd raced a bunch of people that night. And like, I mean, I think he flipped the car, and it was a, uh, it was a dude that was a player, it, like it wasn't an unknown guy at, at Tots. It, it was a relatively well known guy. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Whites? Was it a White Super by chance? Possible.
1: Not the uh, not the thousand horsepower one.
2: Uh, it no, was, not not it was a dummy. Not 162.
0: 162. he's still around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's still around uh Uh, you know i i don't really remember that john i figured i thought you would think that i would remember a flipped over supra on the bayshore route but i don't i thought it was an rx7
2: but it might have been a supra Um, or an an rx7 yeah sorry uh it was the Uh, only major wreck i saw i saw a couple like you know Hmm. little fender benders but the only major one i saw at tots was that one
1: yeah Mm. that's another
0: thing i don't i don't there was not a lot of accidents or mishaps uh with those individuals doing what they did which is yeah surprising.
1: whenever uh, whenever someone really like kind of asked me about um what it's like is i always describe it as they they are street racers but they're a bit more responsible than you'd think yeah cuz you know they like they slow down around traffic generally um
0: right yep
1: yeah there's like a a certain certain caution Like they're doing something crazy, but they do it in a way that they can kinda pull it off. It's it's weird.
2: It is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you wanna know a funny It's fucking cool. You wanna know a a funny a funny, not inspiring Tatsumi story that I have. So I'm I'm divorced now, but at the time I was dating a chick that would be my wife in the future. We met in Tokyo and I picked her up and I was like, I'm going to show you what I do on the weekends. And she was like, Oh, this is cool. And so like we went around to Daikoku and got a little coffee and hit the Bay shore route and the Wangan and took her out to Tatsumi. I actually ran into Johnny at Tatsumi that night. And you know, she was like, Holy crap. This is like a thing. It's a whole like community. And I was like, Yeah. I was—I think I was like a little nervous, but I tried to run the C one loop with her in the car, and I took the wrong exit like four times. <laughs> I, I, ended up, I ended up paying like a hundred dollars in tolls to do one C one loop.
1: Oh, I think everyone's done that, haven't
2: they? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because. For the (laughs) listener folk that don't know, so tolls in Japan are very expensive, but if you do it right from where Lenny and I lived, you could pay once on the Bayshore route and go to Daikoku, do the whole Bayshore wangan to Tatsumi. And when you got off on the parking area in Tatsumi, if you did the C1 loop correctly, you never left the highway system and it would take you right back to Tatsumi. And so you'd pay for tolls once the whole night. But if you got yep. off the highway, you had to pay the tolls again to get back on the highway, and it was like twenty bucks. And yep. I did one C one loop and fucked it up like four times in a row. Fucked it up major.
1: <laughs> I actually back back then I downloaded um, Tokyo Extreme Racer, and uh, I got a PS one emulator. Downloaded Tokyo Extreme Racer and played nice. that to to memorize where to turn. So that would stop happening. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. awesome. that, was, that was expensive, man, you know? Yeah, it
2: that was ridiculously yeah, was...
0: expensive. It's more expensive now. So careful when you go back to Japan next summer. Yeah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I heard they increased it for the Olympics, but that's probably never gone back down. Yeah, never. Yeah. No way. Oh,
0: man. Well, I, I want to close this conversation out because um, maybe we could roll into a Scrap Race Daily game. John, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: do you have an idea of what you want to Scrap Race Daily? And I
0: do, but I want to close out on this. I got three cars for us. Okay. Uh, so the, paste, the pastel blue 33 with the messed up, awesomely, amazingly, incredibly messed up front bumper uh, that we were talking about earlier. Josh, did you do you ever know? Did you know the specs to that? Did you ever take any pictures of that car? I should ask you that. What's I do. Of that?
1: I do know Adam. Adam took photos that I have, um, but I can't remember. I think there was something, an article floating around one of the magazines that he did, talking about that car. But all of the all of that stuff's been lost to time at this point. Oh um, no. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the old blog that that stuff would have been on um mm-hmm. got corrupt, like, the data. Yeah, it's it was a whole thing. Oh, unfortunately, man. that's gone. Um, No, sorry. I know it was fucking quick. <laughs> that's yeah, about so, it. So,
0: th- this, this R33, it was sort of a pastel blue. I want to say it's LM, it's like an LM GTR blue, but it's not quite that... Yeah, uh, yeah. Not quite there, anyway, it had a a four hundred r inspired side vinyl livery, but it, instead of four hundred r it had a thousand r on it, and it was not for nothing because that was a thousand horsepower car it had a a very modified engine as you would imagine you know someone running a tatsumi uh built by very famous people. It got sold off recently really um through the auction, yeah, I think it it went through Tokyo. USS auction a few months ago, and whoever bought it, this dude, I think it, it's in the states now. So this car is in the states, but when it was still in Japan, uh, whoever bought it had sent it to Garage uh for some maintenance, or you know, to get it checked out or whatever before it made its journey to America. Uh, and the owner of Garage Source chucked the engine and transmission, working in all. In the trash
2: what he said it was
0: it was garbage yeah wow. why and this was an engine this was an engine i don't know because he you know how sometimes japanese shops japanese car enthusiasts are like if i didn't touch it if i didn't build it it's trash if it if it wasn't me who made oh. it it's garbage
1: yeah yeah
0: so uh... I, think, I think that's what that's what the story is on that and so it's got a normal engine in it now and it's uh, on the east coast of America. Uh, hopefully getting restored. I think he he needed to do some bodywork, like structural bodywork to it because uh, it it's, it was a running car for all those years and it got abused quite a bit. I
1: really hope he keeps the bumper the way it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if the bumper is the same. I haven't se- I haven't seen any pictures of it. Since it made it to the the states um uh, but i hope i hope to acquire some here shortly so that's hmm. that's the unfortunate end for now to to that quite legendary tatsumi car
1: I, I know we're closing out but i do want to get your guys thoughts on the kind of resurgence of midnight what do you guys think about what's happening there
0: uh what do you mean can you can you elaborate a little bit more
1: so, um, oh, it was a while ago now, but the, the chairman of Midnight uh, changed hands from Yoshida. Oh, I forgot the new cha- chairman's name, but he's kind of opened the group up again to the public. Oh, They're going yeah. racing. Um, there's a Midnight uh, Time Attack team at Scuba. Uh, what else are they doing? They're doing a few things. Um, it's about much more public now. Um, and I've seen a bunch of pink Apprentice Midnight stickers on cars around Tokyo, just through Instagram and stuff. So, seems the group's kind of getting active again.
2: Well, it's good. Good to hear. Hmm. Bro, if I lived in no, Tokyo, more... I would one hundred percent Apprentice for Midnight. Are <laughs> you <I'm> kidding? Uh, <laughs> isn't
1: that the dream? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> are they more of a? Are they more of a, like a circuit racing team? sort of yeah. organization
1: now. yeah definitely pivoted towards circuit racing but um there's definitely a lot of street cars running around uh with pink stickers
0: Ooh, interesting um, i'm gonna have to do I, some more research into that
1: yeah i follow a couple couple guys um that are in tokyo now and they do a bit of car content on um on tiktok and whenever they're not whenever they're, like they have occasionally posted some midnight cars and some new ones that I haven't seen before, so it's pretty interesting Ooh.
0: you're gonna have to send me some of those some, some of those Instagram handles so I can check them out because you've piqued my oh, yeah, interest. for
1: sure. sure for sure for sure yeah let's, let's, no uh, it's it's cool. cool
2: let's drop some of that in general on the discord if uh, if possible for people to check out
1: yeah yeah I'll drop um some of the links
2: sweet Awesome. Well, hey, you want cool. to play a game, well, Lenny, before we call this? Yeah. I uh, want
0: to play uh, some Scrap Race Daily. Okay. You so want to tell Josh our, our rules or what we do?
2: All right. So Scrap Race Daily is just our automotive version of Bang, Mary, Kill. So we uh, give you three cars, and you got to pick which one that you would get rid of for the trash heap, which one you would spend a spirited weekend with, and which one you would bring home to mom. Simple okay. as that. Uh, Lenny, Sounds can- fun. Yep. What do you have in mind? Okay, this is Tatsumi
0: Edition Scrap Race Daily. Okay. We have the Martini Livery 911. Ah. Oh. We have uh, the Works Tuned b r 34 GTR. Is that the blue one? And we have a 4... Yes, well, we'll call it Ken Speyside Blue 980 horsepower GTR. Yep. Then we have Yuki's white 4 rotor scoot engine. Oh,
1: Oh, man, really?
0: (laughs) How do you
1: even choose?
0: I don't know, but we're going to
2: figure it out
1: okay so who goes first (laughs) here i don't want to go first
2: i know what i would say so i can do it just to break the ice go ahead john i almost hate myself right now just just let y'all know (laughs) i would scrap i'm like if if we were more popular i would get flamed on social media for what i'm about to say um I would scrap the R34 because, Ooh. yeah, because it's too close to what I know, and yeah, it's just too close. I mean, I have a 32 that does most of, most all of what that 34 would do, um, not for lack of loving it, but that's, I look, I don't want to talk about it anymore, that's what I would do. Uh, I hate myself for saying it, but that's what I would do. <laughs> Uh, I would race the Scoot 4 rotor because in terms of like a no-bullshit-let's-go-racing track car, um, it is probably the most desirable car to me I can possibly think of. And the only reason I'm not bringing this one home is because I imagine it would be a nightmare to do anything but set lap times with. And that is the only reason. Yeah. That is the only reason I'm not bringing it home, uh, and I would pick the Martini 911 to live with because I've always been fascinated with old 911s, and that particular 911 has such a huge history and you know kind of mystique around it. Um, and I've personally seen that car at Tatsumi probably more than any other like you know legendary Tatsumi car. So it it kind oh, of has. Oh, every weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it has a bit of a place in my heart. So that those are my picks, and I'm not happy about them, but those are my picks. <laughs>
0: oh, that's funny. <laughs> that 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 martini 911 is still out there every every weekend. By the way, guys.
1: Mm. Yeah, he was spotted at Daikoku last week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Josh. What about you? What are you? What are your picks?
1: I mean. It's going to sound like a cough out, but it's the same, it's the same picks, but I'll explain my rationale. Um, I remember Ken's car. It's yeah. immaculate. It's beautiful. It's like the ultimate, you know, 34 it's full fruit, Absolutely. everything, the whole, the whole, uh, catalog thrown at it. But Yuki's four has a special place in my heart. Uh, that would be the track car for sure. Um, I'm an aspiring Mazda guy. I would love to be a Rotary guy. That's always been something I've wanted to do, but I've never what got there. So. <laughs> <a bus. laughs> one day, one day, one day. Um, and then the Porsche for a daily, because you know, it's a Porsche. Like you could actually daily that thing and it wouldn't it wouldn't break. Um Yeah, my time spent at a racetrack, like working at a racetrack, has kind of demonstrated the 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 reliability and solidness, if that's a word, of uh, Porsche's engineering. So that's daily for sure.
2: They are they are too expensive and they are kind of a pain in the ass, but they are very well engineered
1: cars. It's like a German Honda.
2: Kinda, in a way.
1: Yeah, in a way, in a way. Not quite, but in a way. So yeah, that's, yeah. Uh,
0: I I have a few, a little bit different picks. um First, I think we all
2: are scrapping the thirty-four, which I is feel
0: quite surprising. So much
2: better about my decisions now.
0: <laughs> that's pretty surprising. I I think we're all, we're getting flamed on social media, regardless of how popular we are for this.
1: Um. So it's a nice car.
0: (laughs) It's You know, Chen's R34 GTR was a great car. I think it's now in Indonesia or Thailand or something. He sold it off a few years ago. Um, It was a very well built and maintained car by Top Secret. Literally everything that you could do to a GTR it's been done to. I've ridden in it uh, plenty of times. It is go fast in all the ways. Um, But it's very... (laughs) impractical <laughs> it's so impractical i couldn't i couldn't live with it um but here's where things deviate for for us and and the choices i would track the martini 911. i want to see what that thing does on a track
1: if, i mean that's I've fair. Seen what it
0: does i've seen what it does around the c1 and i just i would want to feel it you know no holds bar on a track and, and just let loose and have fun. I think that would be a, a grand old time. Uh, and that leaves us for the daily, which I want to talk about impracticability in a you know, 1,000 horsepower 34, a four-rotor, scoot-built FD RX-7. It uh, doesn't sound practical, but I'm sure it's reliable. Right? Uh, and who doesn't like banging gears up at 9000 rpms every day
2: yeah i'm pretty sure that you can you too. can turn i'm pretty sure it goes higher than that but yes
1: you can turn two of those rotors off as well they they program that in so you could you could Whoa. drive it
0: well there you go more more power to myself for daily driving okay uh, four slash rotor scoot, scoot engine okay but what i've
2: <laughs> what i've really gathered is from this this game is this that we all think that a four rotor rx7 is one of the most epic track cars you can possibly build oh for sure sure. slam dunk no doubt
1: it ticks all the right boxes
2: it sure does yeah it ticks every box
0: ever and the way he's built that that rx7 is definitely pleasing to the eye as well as well as fast
1: it does have a youtube channel if you want to see it uh his his company's name is wise wise produce so y um apostrophe s produce because uh, he has a car dealership so yeah check it out it's all in japanese but you know
0: awesome well josh we appreciate your time we appreciate you coming on to the show uh, that was a lot of fun reminiscing with us we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to drop some of the pictures of the cars and places we've talked about in our various channels on our discord. Uh, so if you're listening and you like to see some of that video and photo content, go join our discord at zero lift podcast. Also, if you uh, want to follow us on Insta or or Twitter, uh, we're at zero lift podcast as well. Same name. DM us. If you want to come up on the show and chat about your car or just chat about whatever you're doing in the in the car in your car life let us know um and we'll we'll get we'll get you here we'll see you
2: yeah and josh you got any and, uh, uh, you got any plugs you want to make for any of your accounts
1: um so first and foremost thanks for having me on guys it was uh, it was an honor it was really really fun to actually talk about this stuff not many people were there you know um sure. my channel is Natsu story, N-A-T-S-U, uh, story. Um, I'm only on TikTok at the moment, but I'll be starting a YouTube and an Insta. Oh, I have an Insta, but I don't use it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, check that out. If you want to see some old footage from 2013 to 2016, cause that's pretty much all I've got for the moment. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on guys. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, uh reminisce again one day, maybe in Tokyo. If Tats yeah. is open, <laughs> yeah, if, if Tats have a good is day. Open, we'll, we'll
0: definitely
2: have a have a coffee for sure.
1: I'm yeah, in mean, Daikoku. Why not?
2: I am overdue a anywhere, trip, so I'm I'm in.
1: Well, oh, thanks folks, guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Keep it pinned.